today. Before I read that, I'll just flag or remind everybody that we have a small but solid little library just out through the back door there, and anybody's welcome to, to borrow books. The one I want to point out today is John Piper, Desiring God. This uh, really aligns with the message, is really going to help square you up and get centre, get Christ right smack bang in the centre of your life. That's what this book will help you to do. So feel free to grab that one if you want. Don't all rush. Take, you know, be polite. Psalm 131. A song of ascents of David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvellous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, Hope 31, yeah, I've titled this, A Humble, Happy Hope. I'll just commit this time in prayer. Yes, Father, we know that not only are you powerful, but your word and your Holy Spirit working together is indeed the most powerful force in the universe. And so we ask that by your grace and with this power, you would transform us more and more into the image of Christ today, Lord. We know that this is your will for our life, that we would be holy as you are holy. We ask that today would just be another little part, play another little part in our shaping up to be like Christ. And so help us, Lord, to sit humbly under your word and receive it with joy and thanksgiving, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to start by asking you a question today, and I want you to answer it honestly to yourself, brutally honest. All right, you ready? That wasn't the question. Here's the question. Are you content with your life? Are you completely content with your life? Are you able to have full satisfaction despite your circumstances? I don't know what you're thinking at the moment. <clears throat> But I often know that for me, contentment can often be sitting on the horizon instead of in my lap. Oh, that's where I want it. I want it in my lap. But it seems to be way out there. And how come it seems so far away? Um, you know, haven't, haven't we tried chasing contentment down for years and years? Like, that's what we're after, right? It just doesn't seem to show up. Uh, and when it does, you know, when contentment does come for a visit, it doesn't seem to stay too long. You know, it drops in for a cup of tea and some bickies and then it's gone, out the door again. And what do we do when it leaves? We get disappointed, we get disheartened, and we try and get it back again. 
Right? We try and get it back again. We, we order our lives in, in countless ways so that at night we would go to sleep content and so that in the morning we would wake up content. But contentment can be hard to find. Gets lost in the havoc of life. Gets camouflaged in the chaos of life. But Psalm 131 teaches us the key to finding true and lasting contentment. A contentment that doesn't just stop in for a visit, but lives with you full time. Psalm 131 paints a picture of the life that many are looking for, uh, but it's certainly not an easy path to walk. Charles Spurgeon described this psalm as a short ladder, yet one that rises to a great height. James Boyce, a commentator, pastor, says, it's an easy psalm with a hard lesson. And I couldn't agree more. But why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? One reason is because we need to learn to live low. God's people must learn to live humbly. Have a look at verse 1 with me. Or the title. It says, A Song of Ascents of David. Remember, whenever we're reading a psalm, always look for that, that title. Always read it. It gives us some information that's helpful for understanding the psalm. Uh, this psalm, so Song of Ascents, this psalm was sung by God's people as they were making a pilgrimage up to Jerusalem uh, to celebrate you know, a number of different festivals. And there's 15 of these psalms, these songs of ascents from Psalm 120 to 134. And it says it's of David, right? Now, David was the king of Israel around 1000 BC, and he is the voice of Psalm 131. And so what does this king have to say about contentment? Right? He says, you've got to learn to live low. You've got to learn to live low. Listen to his honest prayer, verse 1. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvellous for me. Here we have a king that's learnt to live low. Right? Though, though King David had many and various victories throughout his life, uh, though he was a famous king, he's, he's humbled himself under God. Why is lasting contentment so hard to find? Because it begins with humility. It begins with humility. You know, king David has fought many battles and he's won. And it seems like he's winning the battle against pride as well, according to this psalm. His heart isn't lifted up against God. He's a person who recognises that everything comes from the hand of God. His eyes aren't raised too high. He's not full of arrogance. He's not looking down on other people. He's not pursuing the things of the world, but the things of God. He doesn't concern himself with things that are too great and too wonderful for him. He's not filling his life with selfish ambition uh, that only tries to glor glorify himself instead of glorifying God. So we've got pride, arrogance and selfish ambition. Right, these are three daggers that will just stab straight into the heart of your contentment 
and drop it dead instantly. Pride, arrogance, selfish ambition. You will never find lasting contentment in a self-centred, self-exalting life. Never. Because uh, when we put ourselves at the centre, right, we expect everyone else to, to, to fall in line, right? Um, and we just end up frustrated, aggravated, maybe even depressed because our little kingdoms aren't coming together as we want. You know, we, we set ourselves up like little kings and queens uh, and we expect everything to go our way and when it doesn't, it has a really negative effect on our life. Now, sadly, the world would say that the answer to this lack of contentment or whatever is pride, right? Pride. You just need to think more highly of yourself. You just need more self-esteem. You just need to a little bit more self-love and you'll be right, you'll be content. Uh, you just need to make yourself the centre of the universe, pretty much. You know, that's the answer. And God says, no. No. Often, most often, maybe nearly always, the problem is, is that you already love yourself too much. You already think too high of yourselves. And so when things don't go our way, we're highly offended, deeply hurt, and very, very discontent. The pride must be put to death, right? Pride must be put to death. Here's one good reason. Because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's no contentment if you're in opposition to God, right? God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. So we must learn to live low. Now, this doesn't mean we're worthless, right? Quite the opposite, actually. Quite the opposite. We're image bearers of the living God. There's 12 months of sermons just in that statement right there. But we must learn to pursue humility. But how hard is humility, right? How hard is it? Listen to how hard it is. Philippians 2 says this. This is just one example. Do nothing from selfish ambition. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But Jesus emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Huge passage. This is an easy start with a hard lesson. Because what I just read from Philippians 2 says, put your pride to death and live a humble life. It says, stop thinking you're the most important person in the universe 
and learn to live low. And that's hard. But the person who learns to live low like Jesus will one day be exalted like Jesus. One of the great paradoxes of Christianity. The way up is down. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, entered human history and became a man. And although he was God, he didn't, he didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross for the sake of others. He lived low, but now he's exalted. Right now, Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Everyone will bow before him. Everyone will drop the knee. Everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the Christian life. Take up your cross and follow Jesus on the hard and humble path to contentment and victory. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. We must learn to live low, humble ourselves under God, following the example of Christ, and he'll pour out grace. And boy, do we need grace. Well, at least I, you know, I'll speak for myself. I need it. Tons of it. Brothers and sisters, if there's one thing you do before bed tonight, do this. Ask the Lord that he will reveal your pride and grow you in humility. That could hurt. But God gives grace to the humble. And that is probably the most humble prayer out there. Show me my pride and grow me in humility. And humility leads to contentment. A humble heart leads to a happy heart. In other words, a humble heart leads to a, a happy heart. Last Sunday morning... We visited another church uh, for a baptism, and while we were singing, excuse me, while we were singing worship songs to God, this lady, I was right on the end of the aisle, this lady comes running down, I saw her out of my peripheral vision, I turned around, she gave me a hug and thrust this child into my arms, um, it was an old friend of mine that I hadn't seen and barely recognised her. Hug, and then she slammed the kid in my hand. She did the big dump and run. And it was a beautiful thing because I hadn't met this child. And, uh, you know, just a little girl. And she just, I just tucked her on my hip. And she was happy to just sit on my hip, cruising, even though mum had done the dash. Uh, you know, she was, she was actually content to be with me. She wasn't kicking and screaming. She was chilled out. She was calm and quiet. And this is how King David describes his soul in the presence of God. Have a look at verse 2 with me. He says, I haven't done these things, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. This king, who has learned to live humbly, has also learned to calm and quieten his soul. And he describes his soul like this weaned child that's completely content just to be in the presence of its mother, 
full contentment is there. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Right? The, the child's not kicking. The child's not screaming. It's not demanding anything. You know, it's not pulling a hair. It's not nothing. It's a calm, quiet child snuggled up to mum. A child that's completely satisfied to have nothing else except for mum. And David's saying that his own soul is perfectly happy, perfectly content, just to be in the presence of God. But a proud person will never be content like this. A proud person is never content with God alone because they feel entitled. And have high expectations of the world, high expectations of God um, to, to fulfil and serve their own needs and desires. Uh, a proud person will have an agitated soul. But David, this humble king, he has peace and calm, quiet. His soul is chilled in the presence of God. Is your soul calm and quiet? A humble heart leads to a happy heart. Because a humble heart realises that everything they have, their life, family, job, bank account, house, cars, all that sort of stuff, all comes from God to begin with. It all comes from the hand of God. A humble heart recognises that they came into this world with nothing. Nothing at all. It all comes from the hand of God. They recognise God for who He is. right, And that He not only gives, but also takes away. A humble Christian will be able to say in the words of the Apostle Paul, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. You see, nothing can take away Paul's joy. Nothing. Nothing. Why? Because his joy was not found in anything of the world. His contentment wasn't found in anything of this world, but in the knowledge and in the presence of God. You know, this man's life was dramatically changed by Christ, so much so that he went from killing Christians to proclaiming Christ uh, wherever he went. And he ended up being beaten and whipped countless times. Um, You know, he was stoned, shipwrecked, constantly in danger, sleepless nights, lack of water and food and shelter, chucked in prison countless times. And from prison, he wrote a letter to a church saying that he learned to be content in every situation. This is the great Apostle Paul, right? He met the resurrected Christ and he was sent on a mission by him. But to the average onlooker, they'd look at Paul and go, man, your life is a wreck. You're a total mess. Your life's a write-off. But if only they could see his happy heart. This man learned how to be content in every situation, whether he had much or little, whether he was suffering or not. What is the key to contentment? It's knowing Jesus personally. Knowing him personally. Paul says... I count everything as loss 
because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And who can honestly say that along with Paul? Who can honestly live that out like Paul? If your life came crashing down tomorrow, you lost your job, your house, all your money, your family, or your health, would Jesus still be enough? Would Jesus still be enough? In the middle of your searing pain and sorrow, could you still find contentment? King David learned how to have a calm and quiet soul. He was content with God alone. The Apostle Paul learned how to be content in every life situation. And that contentment was based on knowing Jesus Christ. We must learn to live low. We must learn to calm and quieten our souls. To be content in the knowledge and in the presence of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Just like that small child that's com- perfectly content to, be, uh, to just sit with the mum. Calm, quiet, content. So if there's one thing that you do for the rest of your life, it's put away some time every single day to just sit in the presence of God. So busy this world, right? It's hard to switch off, get away. But to carve out that time and sit with God and meditate on who He is. You know, and like that little child knew for sure that they could trust their mum or dad, so we do. And when we sit with God, when we just sit still, like that, like that little child will grow in trust. You know, we trust God like that little child thinks, Mum or Dad, they're going to supply all my needs, every single one of them. And I can just be calm, quiet, content. Sit with God in full, humble dependence, even when life is painful. If we learn to calm and quiet in our soul, we'll learn that, uh, that key to contentment. So a humble heart leads to a happy heart. And a humble, happy heart leads to hope. God's people have a humble, happy hope in the Lord Jesus. Have a look at verse 3. It says, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. In humility and dependence upon God alone, contentment in God alone you can have a certain and living hope. You can have a certain and living hope. You may have struggled with suffering and pain and tears and anxiety for years and years and years. But where God's people are heading, there's none of that. Forget about that stuff. It'll be out of the picture. Right? Those anxieties, those fears, those stresses... The losses, they're gone. They'll be dust. They'll be wiped out. They'll never be seen or felt again. And full and lasting contentment will be yours forever. Will be yours forever. Full 
and everlasting. Why? Because heaven's all about being in the presence of God. And for those who put their trust in Jesus Christ, you can have that hope. That hope starts now, this moment. Carries on for all eternity. Jesus humbled himself to the point of death on a cross and was raised on the third day so that we can have this hope. So that you and I would trust in him. So that you and I would calm and quieten our soul knowing that your eternity is completely secure. 100%. It's done. It is finished. True contentment is yours when you know that your death is the doorway to glory. Bam, twinkling of an eye. Dead glory. Bam, bam. Just like that. O people of Sandstone Point, put your hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Because it's legit. It is done. It's been done for you. Put your hope in Him. Depend on Him for everything. Trust in Him with your very soul. And even in the chaos of life, you can learn to find that contentment because it's already there. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Right? Here's your hope and here's your contentment. That Jesus has paid for all our sinful pride on the cross and made full forgiveness available. It's right there. He's paid the price for all our pride. He's paid the price for all our um, discontentment. All of it. Every single bit. And he's calling on you today to give up trusting yourself, trusting in the things of this world, and just throw it all on him. Trust there. Trust in Christ. Everything. Not just some things. The whole lot. Everything. He's calling you today to humble yourself and me and let him be the centre of your life. Perfectly centred. No one and nothing else. Right? God gives grace to the humble and that grace is enough and he'll, 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 he'll bring it about for you in your life, guaranteed. He will see you through. It's enough. And Jesus is enough. Jesus is our contentment. finish up um, God revealed some pride in me this week I was um, reminded very well of how much that can sting it hurts um, and in a, in a very subtle way he showed me that I'd put myself at the centre of my life instead of him the heart is so tangled sometimes and very subtle ways, but it doesn't matter how subtle. If Christ is in the centre, something else is. And I found out, guess what? I was there. Um, I, had a, I had a fresh realisation of how discontent I'd been, that I'd become. Uh, a fresh realisation of how I was trying to find contentment in other things than Jesus. 
And so to finish up today, I want to read the words of a hymn that actually brought me to tears this week. It's about a guy uh, who asked God to grow in his faith. Right? I'm sure you may have done that before. And <laughs> Pray that prayer. Please pray that prayer. This guy asked God to grow his faith. Um, but God didn't answer the prayer the way he was expecting or the way he wanted. Instead, God revealed to him some of the remaining pride and self-sufficiency in his life. And God, God said, I answered your prayer this way, uh, to set you free from yourself so that you would find everything in me. Right? God wanted this guy to be content with him alone and he wants you and me to be content uh, with him alone. It's called, I ask the Lord that I might grow. It goes like this. I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace, might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. T'was he who taught me thus to pray and he, I trust, has answered prayer. But it has been in such a way as almost drove me to despair. I hoped that in some favoured hour, at once he'd answer my request and by his love, love's constraining power, subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Yea, more with his own hand, he seemed, intent to aggravate my woe. Crossed all the fair designs I schemed, humbled my heart and laid me low. Lord, why is this? I trembling cried. Will thou pursue thy worm to death? Tis in this way, the Lord replied. I answered prayer for grace and faith. These inward trials I employ from self and pride to set thee free and break thy schemes of earthly joy that thou mayest find thy all in me. True contentment is found in God and God alone. True hope is found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. This is an easy psalm with a hard lesson. But God gives grace to the humble. And his grace is enough. Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the way you apply your wisdom in our life. The way that you reveal the depths and darkness of our heart. The way you bring it to the surface so that we may know and see what you see, and so that we can deal with it. Lord, help us. Please show us any remaining pride in us, Lord, and grow us in humility that we might find everything in Christ, that we might count everything as loss, for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. We praise you and give you thanks for this word today, Lord. 
In Jesus' name, amen.